Hello and welcome to El Governor of the Podcast. As always, I'm Abdullah, and my guest today is, introduce yourself, good sir. This is Dan Foster. Thanks for having me, Abdullah. So um, first question is the obvious one, but we got to get it out the way first. Um, how did you get started and what made you want to get into voiceover? How I got started in voiceover was the true story. The true story is through a series of unfortunate events uh, that uh, led me to <laughs> sit on the couch and turn on Netflix. And the next thing I knew, I was watching I Know That Voice. And I said, I know that voice. I, I know those people. I know those actors. And I know this is what I want to do. That minute, then and there, I paused probably more than once. I, I paused the documentary, which is, if those anybody listening isn't aware of, I know that voice. It's a documentary that was put together by John DiMaggio and a host of fellow uh, voice actors in, of the industry at the time. Um, and uh, I paused it and I started taking notes and any nuggets of, of wisdom that anybody dropped, I gobbled up and, and put them down. And then uh, as soon as the documentary was over, I contacted a friend of mine who uh, was an actress at the time and she had contacts uh, some VO contacts and one thing led to another. I started taking classes thanks to that friend who pointed me in a direction and the rest is history. So, I mean, you just watched uh, DiMaggio's documentary and you're like, Oh, this is, this looks interesting. This looks like an interesting career path. And that's where, um, that's what inspired you. Yeah. I, I didn't know before then as, as so many, I've heard so many say as well, you know, I, I was, I was aware that cartoons had voices and I knew there were people behind them. Um, I didn't know the avenues of getting <laughs> to, you know, car cartoons are, are, are fake. I mean, they're not, you know, it's drawn. So I don't know. I didn't know the avenues to get to a cartoon to contact an animated, you know, the people behind the animated characters and how to get that position. I was an actor as, as a kid, um, you know, and had done, a lot of stage performance, but the the world of Hollywood was very different. So I was, I was interested before then I would, I could say, you know, people had tried to point me in the direction and said, wow, you know, you, you have the classic, you have a great voice. You have, you know, so many characters uh, you should consider this. You should look into this. And, and so I, I kind of knew of it, knew that it was there, but I, I didn't know exactly how to navigate it until I saw that. I, I, the documentary which didn't really give you the answers but it it i guess you could say really motivated me and it put me in a position that now i i know this exists i'm sure i know somebody who knows how to get me there so that was the start really yeah i mean i think that was like my main complaint about the documentary is like it it's good at showcasing you like the surface level stuff but it like in case of but like, you know, if you wanted to get into it, like, okay, how do I get into this? Who do I talk to? It doesn't really, you know, tell you that. And it's kind of like, eh, you know. <laughs> yeah, I left a cliffhanger, which um, I I'm sure if if John DiMaggio were to, to do uh, I Know That Voice too, or, or uh, you know, add to it, um, there might be that information. 
at the same time, you know, everybody's got a different avenue. Uh, that's what's so fascinating. You know, everybody has a definition, has their own definition of, um, so we were talking previously about motion capture, you know, people can define that in their own, their own way. I'm sure there's a, a stock definition, you know, for that term, but everybody finds their way into voiceover, uh, especially because there's so many different branches of the voiceover tree, you know, audiobooks, animation, narr- narration, more or less audiobooks, but there's so many different branches of, of voiceover that, you know, you, you could come at it at, at many different ways. So um, I think, it, you know, if you, you've got that far, you've got John DiMaggio sucked you in, then if you really want to do this bad enough, I'd say that's, that's going to be for the go-getters. <laughs> I mean, well, you're not the first person who watched that documentary and was inspired by it. I remember uh, Darius Johnson, he like, like his main inspiration for wanting to get into voiceover was like, he watched that documentary one day and he's like, this is what I want to do. And he mm-hmm. got so inspired by that. He's like, yeah, I want to get into voiceover. And he, and he um, searched up like, uh, you know, went to D Bradley Baker's website and, you know, searched up everything that he can on there. And, uh, and as, as time went on, you know, he took, obviously took classes and what have you. And uh, yeah, I mean, and he's, and he's killing it right now. So there you go. Yeah. And that's, that's the advent of the internet nowadays that, I mean, even, even at my time there there wasn't as much that's out there, but I mean, YouTube, YouTube has been a great source of, of knowledge, if not just interwebs in general and sites, you know, actors that, that have taken up the mantle themselves to say, Hey, I want to give the right information and, and create a site. Like um, I want to be a voice actor.com. I think is D Bradley Baker's um, spinoff of his website with information, all kinds of information. Uh, it's definitely inspired me, you know, to give my two cents into the mix for those that that want, um, you know, some insight into it. Because the I think we all get, I don't want to say tired, but we all get a little jaded. And it's it's nice to be able to have a, a platform, a place to say, um, you know, and, and another vo- another volume or another media. Uh, I picked up voice actor, uh, voice over voice actor by Tara Platt and Yuri Lowenthal, and highlighted that thing to crap but everybody wants you know to know how they get into it so at some point i think we all go okay you want to know here's where you go (laughs) go go to d go to my website and there it is we've got some general information there so that way people can get that and go oh okay i watched i know that voice and now oh oh i can go to d's website i can go to dan's website i can go here and here and here and get all this knowledge of you know goodness in the industry and that's how like um that's how the internet has changed everything now it's like all the information that we we as we as teenagers only dreamed of is now readily available on online Mm -hmm. it's like because i said before and i think in a previous episode it boggles my mind that someone like a steve bloom is offering classes when he's at that point in his career where he's like, you know, I've already got, I've already done everything I need to do. I'm established. I'm like one of the biggest, most recognizable voiceover actors in the world. But the fact that he's willing to be like, yeah, no, I'm going to be offering classes. And he gets all these, you know, gets all these amazing guests to, to come in and do guest lectures. And it's like, 
man, <laughs> how much, um, how much has the business changed over the years? Mm -hmm. I think as we speak right now, as that you've mentioned it, I caught the tweet this morning. He's got um, Richard Horvitz on today. He's got class with Richard Horvitz and yeah. How great is that? I mean, it's, it's actors helping other actors, helping other actors, you know, I, I'm sure. And I've taken a class with Richard and, and it was great, a great weekend class. Um, so Steve's getting, taking his knowledge and, and experience and sharing it with the world and then saying, Hey, kind of like John DiMaggio did with his documentary. Hey, who else wants to share their wealth of knowledge with um, the world? And sure, it, it is a business. They're they're turning over a buck for it. But I think it is a fair price. Most classes around town, you'll see, um, you know, you, you'll find that those those that not everybody that that does teaches and that's that's fine. But those that that take up the mantle to, to um, try and help uh, other actors learn the craft is, I think is commendable when they do it with a, a genuine intention. That's why I never recommend uh, classes unless I know who the person is and like, who, I know who the, who's teaching the classes because I don't want to be like, Oh, so-and-so, you know, does a class and no one has ever heard of this person. It's like, why are they teaching like a, a voiceover class when they have like, you know, <laughs> and they just like yeah. showed up randomly one day. It's like, no, I, I only recommend people who I'm, I, I'm either familiar with, or if I'm, if one of my friends who's in the business, like recommends me like something, it's like, a, yeah, okay, cool. You know, because I trust you, you know, you wouldn't lie to me about, you know, taking which classes because, you know, you've already taken those classes and, you know, um, they, they did, you know, if they, if they worked for you, it'll work, mm -hmm. you know, it'll work for other people. Basically, basically what I'm saying is pay it forward, please. Yep. Yep. And especially because, you know, to that there, there is a teacher for everyone. Um, you know, one teacher may be great for, you know, we all have different learning styles. Um, some are more auditory learners. Some are tactile, tactile, hands-on uh, that have to do it um, visually, you know, visual learners. So there, there's a teacher out there for everyone, um, you know, in, in the way that way that they handle classes. And you know, I've, I've been in classes where it was encouraged that after each student comes out of the booth that you clap and cheer and support them. And I've been in classes where, that was not encouraged. And it wasn't that it was to say you're not supporting your fellow actors. It's that it's just a different view on, um, you know, how that, that class is, is taught and operated. And you just have to respect the, the teacher, the instructor themselves and, you know, what their background is and, and figure out, you know, which environment um, is, is right for you. What, what do you, where do you learn best? You know? So it's great that, you know, for every actor that that is willing to take their knowledge and experience and share it, that that gives us another uh, another teacher, another, you know, viewpoint on on this wonderful world of voiceover. And, and another reason, like uh, I say, the business has changed is because, you know, back in the 2000s, like all the all those people that you see teaching classes now were like the 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 were part of like the two or three voices we heard in on all the shows, mm -hmm. but now it's like they realize, oh, okay, we can't. It's not sustainable to keep having these people do 
you know, do all the roles anymore. You got to open up the talent pool. And mm-hmm. I love seeing someone like a Jennifer Hale be like, yeah, I, I'm doing skills hub and, you know, I'm offering all these different classes and it's not just voiceover. It's like writing, you know, D and D classes, all, all these different things. And I'm like, yeah, cool. I love seeing people who have, have, uh, you know, paid their dues, you know, made their mark on the business say, you know what, my, my, you know, my career is winding down now, you know, I'm not going to be, as as you know popular as i was like you know 20 or 30 years ago but that doesn't mean i can't still leave my mark on the business basically it's scary at first but i think if you are serious about um getting into the business you will you would have already found everything you need to look for because it is readily available every you know you know who's teaching classes and you know who isn't and you know if you're not sure you can go ahead and ask it's like Hey, you know, I I heard so and so might be teaching classes. Can you recommend me any classes and and so on and so forth? I mean, it doesn't hurt to ask. It's like, it, it, you know, um, learning humility is 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 part of it. It's like, hey, you know, it doesn't hurt to ask. You don't. You're you're never. You're not going to get anything handed to you. You know, you're not just. It's it's not a business where all the roles are going to get handed to you. You have to put in the work, and if you're not putting in the work, then you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to go anywhere. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in in anything, um, an object that's not in motion, you know, it, it doesn't gather any moss, as I think that phrase goes, something like that. But that's just general physics, right? I mean, you know, if you stop, then <laughs> you're, you're not you're not uh, you're not going down the road. You're not going to get any traction. You're not going to uh, for for better or for worse, you know, get any better or worse if you stop. And I think with technology, it's great um, that we we have the ability to remote record. I, I was able to do a studio test this morning, um, f- you know, in my shorts and a tank top in, in the house here in L.A. rather than go all the way over the hill and to the beach and enjoy a nice, nice West side uh, studio retreat and hang out at the beach afterwards. But I think what a lot of talent is starting to lose sight of is the fact that what remains constant is the fact that this is still an acting medium. When you take away the microphone, when you take away the headphones you take away source connect you take away your DAW. you're you've you're left with a script with words on paper a character and the job of creating reality out of fiction out of you know making what uh, making these words come off the page and not sound like they're words on a page but that it was from this character, whatever it may be, whoever it may be, you know, and this could be anything from uh, an anthropomorphic character to just playing yourself. And it, it is a little, I will say the, the dark side in me says, "Mm, excellent. Those who don't know will fall to the wayside and they, they won't be able to, to, navigate this career uh because they are so caught up in 
oh, I have to have a, a, a proper demo. Uh, can I, you know, can I do this with the demo? Can I do that? How does it sound? Does it sound okay? Does my voice sound okay? Does this sound believable? Well, you know, and, and all these ancillary things that are so are secondary, you know, I mean, an actor that, that goes on stage doesn't, uh, doesn't get burdened by the costume that they're wearing or the makeup or the wig or the mic that's taped to their face. Hopefully they don't. Um, they're able to portray the character as realistically as possible. And all those other things just add to it and, and, and make it so much more richer and fuller and believable. But whether you have a USB mic or a U87, the performance doesn't change. Sure, the quality may, but any casting director worth their credit in this town or anywhere knows a good performance. They'll be able to say, hey, you need a new mic or your booth is not acoustically uh, treated properly. So we may, may need to find a different recording environment, but the performance was awesome. Right. I mean, a good ear. We all know my mom can tell me, you know, I like these actors because I know them, but I don't want to see any new actors because I don't know them. I said, but that's me. If their talent is, you know, worthy, then why aren't they? We'll get to know them later, but we want to know that, first of all, they can actually act because that is what this job is all about. Great. You got a voice. We all do for all intents and purposes. But does that is that voice able to fool us into believing you are he, she, they, it? Because I'll tell you, I I know this community of, of um, amazing blind radio listeners as I volunteered for Los Angeles radio reading service. And they are the ninjas of picking out every nuance because that is their world. They are creating everything in their mind from what you say. And that was one of my biggest learning lessons was, was volunteering there um, just as a, as a caveat, but uh, yeah, I, that's my biggest pet peeve right now, I guess is I'd say is, is so much of talent is, is micro managing all the technical stuff of this industry when I just want to shake my phone violently and scream at it to the other end and say, just focus on acting. Just find a good acting coach, a good instructor that you like, stick with them. You know, they're honest, they're truthful. They'll tell you when they believe you, when they don't and focus on that. Don't worry about ISDN, Source Connect, blah, 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 all that stuff. It's great. It's necessary evils, but it shouldn't overshadow the performance. You know, I, I agree with you 100%. I feel like a lot of people focus on the sound of what a character is instead of like the performance. And, I, and I, that always bothers me. It's like, I like so-and-so. Okay, but is so-and-so, do you like them because of the sound of their voice or do you think they're a good actor? Mm-hmm. And that's when that's when it gets really confusing because, like, mm-hmm. whenever I see people talking about voiceover in general, the voice actors in general, nobody ever talks about the performance. It's always like what the sound, you know, like about the range someone has. Like, oh, this person is really talented because they have a, a, a range. Yeah, and that's fine. But it's like, but can they act? You know, can they mm-hmm. make you cry? Can they make you laugh? Can you know? 
is was there ever a moment that you can just pause and remember from memory saying oh that 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 monologue or that line or or whatever was mm-hmm. the moment I fell in love with you as an actor because I believed you know you were that character and that's right. really rare like very rarely yeah. do you do I feel like there are I mean don't get me wrong there are tons of uh, phenomenal voice actors who are great actors but I feel like we we as a, we as a society and as fandom in general we focus on the sound of the voice instead of the performance and I think that we should it should be the other way around in all honesty I once heard it's not my words I heard in a in a podcast episode um I believe it was an agent who said this and I don't I don't want to misquote them so I won't even be specific about about it cuz it's it's not even a verbatim quote but um it was something to the effect of referencing like a classic piano and saying it's great if you have a classic piano but do you know how to play it and liking that to let's say a voice a voice that's recognizably like the voice of god you could say morgan freeman i was going to say um oh shoot and then it slipped out of my brain david um keith keith david um i think that's who i'm thinking of with just a rich full voice and and that's where it gets confusing because you go oh wow, he has a voice that really draws me in and that's special. He must book off his voice alone. Yes, and that's why I think Morgan Freeman is, you know, we consider him the voice of God. He's done the voice of God and he just has a voice that draws you in, but they're both stellar actors. So it's true. Yeah, their voice probably, they probably book off their voice, but at the same time, that's not the only reason. It's because they are, they are, brilliant actors and so they can sell it with that brilliant voice they have that grand piano and they're a beethoven at it so there's a difference you you can have a great voice but um if you don't know how to use it then you know you need to you need some help you need to learn how and you can i mean let's face it you you know acting is is something we you can be taught and sure you know just, just like anything, you, you can be taught how to play baseball, but you may not get to the major leagues, but you can learn it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, you bring up Keith David and I think um, he's a great example of a phenomenal actor because I remember his performances, like what he does with, because again, you know, best example is like the president in Rick and Morty. Like, you <laughs> exactly know, I, I mean, I mean, everyone, anyone could just point it out and say, oh, it's just Keith David playing Keith David. But no, he is playing like a man child who is president of the United States. He Mm -hmm. he thinks he's better than Rick, but really he isn't. I mean, it's just one giant, you know, dick measuring contest between the two. And that's what makes him that's what makes him so good is that, you know, they he can play off, you know, play that annoying man child character, but not get get on your nerves to the point where he becomes an antagonist like he's yeah. still very much a neutral you know very very neutral standing mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and uh and that's what makes it great that's what makes him a great actor and then you have um you know amphibia with uh, andreas like season mm-hmm. you know season two he plays the villain in, in that and you know he's very hammy you know very very sadistic you know just very mocking and just just an absolute like hateable character and then mm-hmm. you know towards you know the end of the series he becomes sympathetic because of you know 
you find out more about his backstory and his performance like changes from you know Saturday morning cartoon villain to a tragic villain and the way that he's ma- he that and the way he manages to do that seamlessly and not have it come off as like cheesy or, or melodramatic is just like a testament to how uh, amazing he is as an actor in my opinion anyway mhm mhm yeah you're right because that's you know whenever i'm watching a show i break down the performance so if i hear something that I feel could have been done better. I'll I'll, I'll say it like uh, I th- I feel like that delivery could have been done better. I feel like the this person struggles when it comes to you know dramatic roles or or um, or roles that are that are meant to be serious mm-hmm. or or they didn't like you know if there if, if there if there's like this really big dramatic scene I don't buy some of it. Like I'll I'll be honest with that. Mm-hmm. Because it's like I'm I'm focusing on the performance, not the voice. Because it's easy to say, well, everyone has a cool sounding voice, therefore this show has really good voice acting. But no, let's just focus on, you know, can we just focus on the acting? And that's yeah. why, like, I, that's why I like I say I always say like I'm I'm the guy who has always the unpopular opinions when it comes to when it comes to voiceover because. I judge an, I judge actors based on their performance and like sometimes I like I sometimes I see a lot of people going crazy about someone on social media being like oh they're so amazing in this and blah 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 and then when I watch them I'm like really really <laughs> <laughs> yeah celebrity and and social media sure uh sure can can help drive things I've, Absolutely. And and I'm not saying like, hey, don't, you know, if you enjoy an actor, you're not allowed to enjoy them. I just, I, I just understand that for me, I'm someone who is always like judging a performance. I'm not focusing on the voice. Like, sure, you can have a cool sounding voice, but, you know, <laughs> you know it, it doesn't mean anything if you can't act. You know, if you can't emote, if you can't like, Make it sound believable. If you cannot, if you cannot embody the character that you are playing, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. And it is fair to say um, there's a there's a well, I don't know what I'm doing with my fingers, making a small, <laughs> a small, a tiny head crushing um, gesture with my fingers to say there's there's a there is a, a margin of error where an unexperienced actor in in a, let's let's just play pretend here for a second and say, okay, and I'll use myself because um, I know thyself. Uh, <laughs> early on uh, working, you know, as a, as a video game voice actor, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And so you're winging it. Uh, so there's, there's a margin of error where players or those like you who are, are well-versed in, in uh, let's say video games and know, you know, know this world very well uh that it is possible that a a skilled actor and i'm not patting myself on the back but i'm just saying you know you could be you could be a a good a stellar actor but be thrown into this this new world that you're not familiar with and get thrown a curve where those in the audience the player may go oh wow i don't know this voice and not only do I not know them, but they're not selling it. Something about this is fresh. Something about this just 
doesn't fit. And that could be between the disconnect of either the talent being unfamiliar in this territory, or it could, and it could be a little bit of both. We, this isn't an exact science. It could be a little bit of the director maybe and the team, you know, not helping to navigate this in the right direction, the performance in, in giving the actor um, everything they need. And I, I only start with games because it is a different world in, in that often game developers are very heavy in the game development portion of this and not so much in the uh, actor directing, um, creating the creative environment, so to speak, if, if any of this is making sense. So sometimes the technical stuff comes ahead of the performance and it's really left in the actor's hands to go, okay, who am I? Where am I? What are my wants? What are my needs? Uh, et cetera, et cetera. So, I, and I'm speaking again personally because I've I've looked back at my performances in, in a new medium and thought, ooh, while I, it's obvious to myself at least that I was pretty green in this um, and I could have used a little more direction or I could have used just more experience in this, in this world. And not all of that is clear to the audience. And, and so I, I also would like to make that, that known to the world that um, especially with video games, I see that I see games getting knocked um, heavily, maybe because of either the graphics or something about it, you know, that just isn't familiar to the player or the audience and something's changed, something's different. You know, a lot of times in games, it is it is common that actors can be replaced. Um, so then that can create animosity, you know, or now we're comparing, you know, oh, well, remember when character sounded like this, when it was actor this, and now it's actor this, um, you know, it, it, it's it's very tricky. Um, but I think that a, a lot of the, the a lot of people should know that people should know <laughs> not a lot of people in general. Um, it should be known that, you know, there's so many factors that go into creating a game to creating a, a episodic cartoon to creating a full length feature film that, um, you know, actors don't always have the entire pie. They get a slice of it. So they're not aware of everything that's going on. And, and um, I don't know if I'm, being clear as crystal or clear as mud right now and saying that it would be great if, if the general audience is a little more forgiving and not so quick to judge and understanding, you know, all these pieces have to come together to make whatever it is come off seamlessly appear to be seamless. So (laughs) you get what I'm saying? Yeah. That's why I, I always like, if I'm criticizing something, I I need to be very careful with my wording and be like, okay, I need to understand like what happened. Like, cause I remember watching an anime and I was just like really appalled at how, at how these performances just weren't very good. And these were like really talented actors. And I'm like, what is going on? Was it the direction? Was it the material? Like what is going on? And I just, I, I, and I figured it out. It was, Oh, the, it was like um it was uh the direction just wasn't very good because i'm like i i've i've seen these people in plenty of projects they've given a lot of great performances but this but for whatever reason the direction on this show just wasn't very good and i don't know if the director was inexperienced or or what have you but the direction that they were given just really did not you know wasn't very good and it and it showed like it was like oh that's it's it's really rough 
Yeah. I mean, and that's fair to say is whether talent or director could be thrown in, you know, all of a sudden somebody gets an opportunity and, and gets told, you know, not fair to say, but what if Spielberg all of a sudden was appointed to direct an anime? Hey, Steve, uh, could you can you come down to Burbank? Bang Zoom needs you. <laughs> the poor guy would, you know, probably create something of a masterpiece, but he does not know, as far as I understand. Last last time Stevie and I spoke, um, an, anime is not his world, so it wouldn't be fair, you know, to judge at that point. But could he learn it, and then after a couple projects? hopefully get better <laughs> you know sure i like to think so but yeah there's there's all those there's all those you know caveats there that that the audience may not com- be completely aware of is you know wow have they have they directed a project like this before has the talent worked on this before um you know or is it just yeah whoops this one missed the mark but we all love to critique we all love to have our opinions and and are quick to to judge aren't we <laughs> human nature no i and i and it was funny because i was watching an anime on netflix yesterday and i felt like the first you know the first two episodes were like oh my god i don't i don't like these reads they're too they're too over over the top too melodramatic but then like as the show went on and the actors like understood what their characters were and 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 um you know it it, it was it was actually it got really good and i'm like huh you know, I, that was a very reactionary way of me of me going by about it because like everyone falls into it. It's like you know, you see something that's really terrible for one for one second. It's like, ah, oh, how did this like you know how did this uh, make it to air? But then, you know, I I stuck I stuck through it, and it's like, huh, no, I mean these performances aren't bad. It's just you know the direction and material just wasn't very good. In, in those first couple of episodes, but as, as it went on and, and I've said this before, you know, whenever you see a new product or a new, or a new IP, mm-hmm. you're always gonna, the actors are always going to struggle in the first couple of episodes because they're trying to understand who these characters are and uh, they're trying to find their comfort zone. That's why like, if you go and watch like early episodes of the Simpsons, it's really weird because none of the actors know who these characters are. And you just like, you're like, huh? Why, why do they sound so different? Why is the, you know, why is the delivery, the, the, the line delivery, not as good as it is in like later seasons, but you know, as the show yeah. went on and they understood who these characters were and as the animation got better, it's like, yeah, you know, it takes time. I mean, it's a group effort and you know i don't know it's exactly what you're saying yeah it's a it's a double-edged sword because sometimes i understand you know wanting to to be like reactionary and just like criticize something that's really terrible and and the other time but but also i i also understand like wanting to give something a chance and being like okay this is this might not be good for the first couple episodes but let's 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 uh you know Let's see how we go on and maybe, you know, it gets better or not. You know, let's, you know, I'm willing to give it a chance. And I'm mm-hmm. glad I did because if I had just judged the the show on the first two episodes, I would have just been like, oh, this is terrible, blah, blah, blah. You know, what what is it with these deliveries? Why is everything so overdramatic? Why, you know, why this, why that? But then, you know, I would have missed out on 
the rest of it and the rest of it was really really good mm-hmm. and i would have like gotten you know crap about it because it's like because everyone was going to be like because people who had watched the series all the way through are going to be like what are you talking about these performances are really really good oh you just saw the first two episodes well you know you're not getting the full experience mm-hmm and, yeah, I substance is it was exactly where my my brain went because yeah, just the the look and the the sound was is jarring if you compare episode one, you know, to thirty plus years later. But that's exactly what I love about this. I love about acting is that we are we are creating fiction and making it you know turning it into maybe that's not the best. Uh, I'm not a wordsmith, but um, you know, we're we're bringing these characters to life, and we you're right. We we think we know them in a way, and maybe we have a, a backstory to them written so far, but that's it. And now we get to create the rest, and we don't know what's going to be created down the road uh, until we get another script or start to find these characters, and then yeah maybe they they drop an octave or they go up an octave or uh yeah the the tone or inflections change a little bit because that actor's starting to realize who this character is and and fill them out i think that's such a beautiful thing you know is that you can you can see that and i think as a as a viewer it uh, we sometimes i've been there uh with you where you watch something and you go your 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 claws are sinking into the couch and you're gritting your teeth and you're, you're about ready to shut it off and you go no I'm just gonna just gonna bear with it a little longer and see if I can you know tolerate it taste it after a couple spoonfuls then you know it becomes a little more palatable um, or maybe it doesn't but um, again I, I we're so quick to to judge and go oh it's new or it's different or something you know maybe we, we don't give it the time of day but uh, yeah you sometimes have to, to hunker down and, and give it a chance and, and let the story be told and, and see, you know, if, if it's for you, if it jives with you. And, and that, if it doesn't, gosh, there's so much media out there today. There's so many platforms uh, and so much out there that fine, if it's not for you, okay. Don't got to tweet about it. Don't got to talk about it. Don't got to slam it. Just move on. There's something else. Yeah, I've said this before, but if I don't like something, I'm not going to give it the time of day. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm just going to be like, yeah, no, that, that was, that was terrible. And I move on, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Brag, brag about what you do love and, and share with people, you know, Oh man, I checked this out and I thought it's really great. You should check this out too. And if you don't like it, then fine. <laughs> don't tell me about it though. Yeah. It's like, I don't really care if you don't like Teen Titans go. I, 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 you know, that's not a personality. Okay. You know, disliking a show is not, uh, you know, should not be a substitute for a personality. Okay. Just, uh, calm down. It's fine. You know, it's okay to dislike it. I don't really care. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's your prerogative. Yeah. But, but I mean, I just, I just feel like it's, it's getting tougher you know, as an actor nowadays, because, you know, you, with, with the advent of social media, you're, you know, that your performance is going to be constantly monitored and critiqued by everybody. Because if, if the internet doesn't like something, they'll let you know. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, and I, and I, and I, and I, um, 
and I commend the people who have dealt with, you know, harassment for whatever reason and just kept going saying, you know what, I'm not going to let this get to me. I'm going to, you know, I'm just going to keep moving forward because there are there are plenty of cases where people got mad at actors for playing a character. Mm. And it's like, why are you getting mad at the actor? You know, they, they were just given a script and they were just told like what to do. You know, mm-hmm. they weren't, they weren't uh, writing it. They weren't saying, Oh, this, I, I want my character to be this or that. They're like, no, they just said, Hey, they were just brought in to play a character. They weren't brought in to be like a massive creative input and, and what have you. And I just feel like it's really stupid to get mad at actors for their, you know, for, for the characters they play when they're not their characters. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, there's some, some choices I know probably. I think we, we all, um, I wouldn't put maybe everyone, we'll, we'll never put all my eggs in one basket, but I, I'm sure um, most there's, we can look back on a career, maybe in, a, in the early days of career, um, you know, and thought, oh, I, if I had the opportunity, I, I probably wouldn't, wouldn't have done, done that, you know, wouldn't have taken that role. But um, for whatever reason, you know, you, you see it as a challenge, see it as, you know, I, I, I believe, um, you know, this, this medium is at the crux of it is, is about acting. So if I was playing a chicken, first and foremost, I'm a chicken. Uh, everything else after that, you know, I, I will I will learn and incorporate that, and that will be important. Um, but first and foremost, I am a chicken, and I'm looking at a chicken, so that's that's where that uh, I'm looking at a, a rubber chicken, so that's where that came in, not a real chicken. That'd be very confusing. There's a chicken in my house in L.A., but um, maybe not really. I'm in the valley, so it's it's possible. There's a lot of roosters in the valley, uh, but I digress. At, at any rate, I, I do believe that you know, as an actor, you're an actor for and foremost so that that character is important everything else kind of falls secondary and i'm i'm butchering what deborah wilson said in a in a podcast and that you know she is a woman and she is black and all of that is very important i'm not demeaning that or saying that that is secondary but first and foremost as an actor you know you, you have to look at that character and and figure out who that character is and and all of that is important um, arounding it, whether they're, they're male, female, their gender identity. It is all very important, as much as it is whether or not they like uh, pizza or if they don't. Um, all of these things make up that, that character. So, of course, they're all, all crucial. But, um, you know, we, we do focus now today on authenticity and representation, and that is very important. But I do believe that any actor worth their, their salt, if they can portray a character, they will do their best to portray a character with, with as much truth and authenticity as possible. But of course it will fall short to somebody, um, you know, uh, that let's pick on Eddie Redding, (laughs) Eddie in, in, um, was it the Danish girl and playing, um, you know, outside of his uh, gender identity, and, uh, you know, he's, he's an actor first and foremost. And, and I believe that he went in with the intention to play this character as authentically as possible and give it his best without making anything farce, without making anything a comedy, giving it, it you know, it's, it's, it, it's everything it need, needed um, in the performance. But 
I do believe he'd probably look back and say, yeah, if it was, if I were given that role now, if I was, you know, that came across to me, I probably would pass because even though I'm confident in my abilities as an actor, I understand that the world has changed again, the entertainment industry, whether it's technology or just the many facets of the way it works start to evolve. He, as many of us may realize, I'm confident in my skills as an actor, but this particular role deserves to be given to a character with that associates with this, this gender, with this um, sexual orientation, what have you, with this race or ethnicity, you know, um, it's a very probably debatable, um, you know, topic for talent to discuss, you know, on one hand, you're an actor, but on the other hand, you, you don't have the, Mm. moral liberties you know dan foster to play uh malcolm x it just wouldn't be a smart move no matter how confident i am as an actor it, it it's not going to be believable for one to the audience and two um we have tons of talent out there who could portray this character a hell of a lot more authentically than i ever could no matter how many documentaries or you know audio uh, recordings or what have you, anything of, of Malcolm X, I try and, uh, you know, absorb. It's just the, the fact, the facts. Yeah. It's, um, it's a very difficult subject to, to tackle because I don't really think, you know, after, you know, after a couple of years, I really don't think that there's an easy answer for this. Cause like everyone is going to be opinionated about it and everyone's going to be, you know, feel one one way or or the other about it. I, I'm I'm of the opinion that you should cast accordingly, because there is no excuse for like something like The Simpsons to to have like, you know, Carl voiced by like a you know, a yeah. white guy until like season thirty something. It's like there there shouldn't have been an excuse for that. It's like. Especially during as as the as the years went on, and so many you know black talent you know so many you know talented bl- black voice actors you know rose up you know to the scene. It's like why couldn't any of them had done it? You know, midway through, you know, like season third uh, thirteen or or around like you know the two thousands or whatever, mm-hmm. it would have helped. It would have helped out greatly. It's like why wouldn't you know? And would it have would it have made a difference if like. Halfway through, they just said, "You know what? It, you know, it's not going to be Hank Azaria anymore. It's going to be Phil Lamar. You know, would it mm-hmm. would it have made that much of a difference? Not really, but yeah, it would have given awesome. someone who wouldn't have been, you know, who would have been who wouldn't have been even considered for a show like that the opportunity to be on a show like that is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at one point, actors like Phil Lamar, um, you know." had had taken credits um you know for characters that that weren't um black you know he they didn't write those characters so and then you know the converse of that was well now these actors uh, black um native american whatever your whatever it is you know maybe those characters weren't written and so they were left just playing you know good old gringos um so it is more important than ever with the growing the growing umbrella of talent it's always been there but that we are recognizing um 
the importance of authenticity and saying, yeah, you know, we need to write for these characters. Like you mentioned Amphibia. I mean, there's, there's so much you could say just on that show of doors that opened up for, for people, um, you know, creating those characters gives so much more volume and depth to, to voiceover, to entertainment in general, you know, we're not going to hopefully be seeing, um, I'll just say generic award show hashtag so white uh, that at some point we'll, we will be able to just say, look at this award show or look at this show and see how well it represents the, the world at large, you know, without being shoved down your throat, um, kind of Captain America style or, or very, not Captain America, Captain Planet style, where we, we just jam together a small core cast and make it this rainbow of diversity that feels somewhat forced. We just live in a world where there's characters that are black, that are Muslim, that are Canadian, that are from, that are polar bears, whatever it is, you know, and we don't see this as, as jarring. We just accept it because the, this world is just as diverse as uh, it's ever, um, you know, ever been. Yeah, um, one of my favorite uh, voice actresses currently working today is Zara Fuzzle, and she is, you know, a you know brown woman of color, you know, Muslim woman of color, and she's booking all these amazing roles, and she's really talented and really funny, and you know, I loved her on Amphibia's Yunnan, and and it's just it's just such it's so weird, you know, thinking to a period where someone like that would wouldn't have been given the opportunities that that she's been given now because mm-hmm. they're like oh well you know woman of color oh you know just play you know just you know just play uh whatever you know play, play the character that's only written for you instead of you know being given these opportunities it's just like oh we don't have uh, any uh muslim characters you know we don't we don't want it we don't want that or we don't want any you know uh, female characters that aren't uh, that that are that that have like um that are main characters or have like bigger roles than just like you know supporting roles it's like no yeah. it's it, you know it's changing for the better i feel yeah it, it is and and i think that will only make better television because um and i i'll butcher her name but uh i i know of uh, is it um i can't pronounce it because i just read it on social, but I follow her and uh, ad, I cheer for her every time I, I see what she does. Um, Zara, did I get it right? Yeah, Zara Fuzzle. Zara Fuzzle. Um, it it just it allows it allows entertainment to become that much better because they are telling the story authentically. Like I I think it's probably I hate the analogy um, the phrase beating a dead horse, but it is. <laughs> I mean it's. It's like, well, you can't get any more real if you put the the actors that that know this. You know, I can say from experience, I've I've been in the booth where my past experience uh, brought a light. It brought a light bulb um, to the session to where I was able to say, you know, this this might this option. If I give it to you, it, it might be a little more authentic. And I'm not speaking out my ass. I'm speaking from experience, training, and knowledge. And it became the take that I believe one, you know, ended up um, being used because it came from an authentic place. So no longer will even cartoons be considered so childish, you know, and they never really have. I think that's just what we've, we've associated them as, is, you know, kids watch cartoons, thus 
cartoons are for kids, but they're actually not exactly. <laughs> if you watch them, um, there's a lot of, you know, they're not kids making them. So where do you think that the uh, adult humor and some of the stuff that goes over kids comes from? Um, you know, but uh, it, it's just going to make entertainment as it already has in, in cartoons and animation and video games, the whole medium across the board, just all the more real and and healthy, I think, um, because we'll be telling stories from the storyteller's point of view, those that, that live this. If it's not a writer or an actor, you know, director too. I mean, it doesn't always come from the talent. It, it obviously, you know, you've watched anything like um, uh, Euphoria. I, I don't know it. I don't know the backstory on it exactly, but um, after watching an episode, it was clear to me that the writers were drawing from experience, if not their own personal lives. This wasn't traumatized. This is coming from real events. This stuff is real. <laughs> it's scary, but it is freaking real. Uh, and that, that's what I think we all want is, is not to be um, not to be sold some dramatic, you know, Columbo crime story. But we want we want what's real. Yeah, I've noticed that nowadays people want something more more grounded, more realistic and not just. You know, not just the generic, um, you know, if you're doing like a TV drama, not the generic way of like, you know, people talk on those shows because I can't really describe it. But if you've watched any cop show, you will just be so frustrated the way people talk and act in, in those shows. I'm like, no human being talks and acts like this in real life. OK, this is like supposed to be a gritty cop drama, but it's like so watered down and it's like, ugh. <laughs> Yeah, you nailed it. That's it. And I, I don't know if this is like going to be a hot take, but you know how to get away with murder. I just couldn't get into it. I watched like a couple episodes, but I'm just like, I can't get into this. This is like really, really, really cheesy. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, Viola Davis is great, but like the rest of the cast and the writing is just. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> I won't speak on it because I haven't. Uh... I don't have a dog in that fight. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I mean, I just, I just watched a couple episodes and I'm just like, yeah, this is not very good, but it's like, but again, maybe it's one of those cases where it gets better later on. I don't know. But I, from what I've seen, I'm like, nah, not for me. And, for me. and it's, and, and I don't know why, no, why a lot of people don't do that. It's like, Hey, you know, if you watch something and you don't, and you don't feel like it's, it's very good. Why continue to watch it? You know, if if you're not getting enjoyment out of it, you know, go watch something else. I mean, it's easy to, you know, we live in a world where we can basically watch whatever we want, whenever we want, and like, there's just no limits anymore. So, you yeah. know, if I'm if I'm someone who just wants to watch like Price's Rights re reruns from like 1995, I can do that. You know, <laughs> you know it's it, all there. Yeah, it's all there. So it's like. I don't understand this this mentality of like always complaining about shows and all this all, on movies and all this stuff. And I'm like, if you don't care for it, like, don't you know? Don't go out of your way to 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 you know support it or watch it or just because you're not because you're not gonna get that time back. You're just yeah. not. <laughs> I don't know. People are weird. Like we like to expel energy on things that that don't need it. <laughs> It's just I just look at all these things and all these like angry YouTube videos and I'm just like, look, man, 
I I'm someone who can't even talk about something I like for more than like thirty or forty minutes. I can't imagine talking about something I hate for like an hour or two. Like I just I just can't do that. I'm like, how do you live like that? Like how do you muster up the energy to talk about something you don't like for like two or three hours? I don't understand that. It's their therapy. Must be the therapy. <laughs> it's like someone They're take going... away the computer, please. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I just feel like it's, it's a, it's a changing world and you understand that if you're going to get into the business now, it is completely different from, from what it was like 10 or or 20 years ago. It's, it's a completely different, different beast and you might like it or, or you might not. But at the end of the day, like we, we were at a point where I think it was a necessary change and you can complain all you want, but trust me, uh, this industry does not forget. And if you act like an idiot, uh, don't, don't be surprised if you get blacklisted. <laughs> mm-hmm. so this industry does not forget. And especially with everything either on a podcast or on YouTube or on social. Yeah, it's, it's out there. You know, there was there was a time there was a time when, um, you know, people used to warn you about, uh, you know, the Internet was so was so new that, um, you know, people would say, careful, remember what you what you put on the Internet stays on the Internet just because you put it out there. You you know, think it's just on your Twitter that it's not it's out there for everyone to see it and you could delete it. But it's already out there. <laughs> yeah, I already put it out there. So it's it's out there. Um, and there's no take backs. Things get, what is it, cached? Um, you know, somewhere the World Wide Web's in the sea of the World Wide Web's, your, your nudes, your, <laughs> your racist tweet or comment or whatever it was, it's out there. So, you know, people are, people, I think, tend to forget that nowadays that, um, you know, you, you put it out there, it's for everyone to see and that, that could come back to haunt you. So, um, <laughs> and, it's not, and it's not even that, but like, I've seen people like talk crap about shows and like their quote unquote aspiring voice actors. And I'm like, yep. you do realize if someone who works in a studio sees that you t- talking crap about shows, they're going to be like, huh, I, we don't want, we don't want to hire this person because it's not going to look good on, on us because it's like all they do is talk crap about, you know, all these various shows and we don't want, we don't want that type of person on there. Cause it's like, you need to understand that, you know, have your opinions, but don't be like, Oh, this is terrible because blah, blah, blah. The people working on this are terrible people, blah, blah, blah. Cause you're not going to get hired after that because they, they see that as, um, an executive or, a casting director is going to see that and be like, okay, this person is immature and they can't really handle, you know, handle being a part of the business. So it's like, why bother? Yeah. You don't know who, you don't know also if you've offended that person, you don't know, you know, what, when you not even critique, but you bash something, um, you know, just for the sake of being nasty. Um, you don't know who's affected by that. You don't know if, you know, that, that show, that game was produced by, was, you know, um, show ran by, you don't know who's behind it and you don't know who you could be offending that you 
want to work with and now has an opinion about working with you because like you said well you you're just not nice <laughs> you're always you're always you know bad mouthing um whatever network or whatever show because whatever reason you know that, that's the common you know when people say well, i want to get into voiceover how do i do it um that's kind of a bad question i won't say it's a bad question it's it it's a journey for you to find yourself, but what a better question would be is, you know, what do I, what do I need to know? What do I need to get into this? And it's important that first and foremost, you understand that it is about acting and you consider yourself first and foremost, uh, side note, sidebar. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take that back. Control alt delete. I didn't say that first and foremost, you, you're a good person and you are fun to work with. People like you, they like being around you, you are positive majority of the time, and you get the job done concisely and and without, you know, gripes and questions. You do it, you're you're good to work, you're fun to work with. That first and foremost. Then you're an actor. That's great. And you you're great at being an actor, but nobody wants to work with that person, you know, and, and anywhere, let alone entertainment. But creatively, no one wants to work with that person that's that's a Debbie Downer. Danny Downer and has always, you know, got something negative to say about something. So especially whether it's on the worldwide webs and out there on social or in the booth, I mean, yeah, let's face it, you know, those casting directors, those showrunners, those directors, fellow talent, they they want to be surrounded by not only the best, but the kindest people. Um and overall I'd I'd say that the industry is is full of them, full of more polite, friendly, um, kind-hearted, genuine people, um, you know, and, and I don't think it's phony baloney. I mean, those are the people we see them constantly working the Jennifer Hales and, um, you know, the industry because gosh, darn it. They're, they're just real people and, and people like them. And you see why when you talk to them, because they're real and, they, um, you know, if they have an opinion, they will share it professionally. You know, there, there is a professional, polite way to say, you know, I don't like something or share your opinions, um, without throwing someone to the bus or belittling them. Um, and that's what separates the amateurs from the professionals. Yeah. I remember watching a, a panel video, a Q and a panel with a Phil Lamar and one of the one there was like a, a a woman who really did not like um the ending of Samurai Jack and you know instead of being like oh you're wrong it was great blah 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 he's like he calmly asked her like okay what did you not like about it and she said mm-hmm. this 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 and then he said okay let me tell you why why that happened why it you know went on the way it did and his and he wasn't like trying to change her opinion about it he was just saying like okay if you did not like this, let me tell you why it happened. Like why, why that creative decision was made. Right. What I was told it was, you know, going to be. And at the end, like, you know, it was a very respectful way of, you know, disagreeing with someone because like, he's not, you know, saying like, Oh, you're wrong. You blah, blah, blah. He's just saying like, okay, what did you not like about it? And let's, uh, you know, tell me what you, what you didn't like about it. And let me explain to you, um, you know, uh, the creative and hopefully, you know, I can shed some light on what, uh, what transpired behind the scenes to, to, you know, with the ending. Mm-hmm. 
And that's all, that's all we need sometimes is a little backstory or understanding and, and why things, you know, and it, acting at, in general, it's just, it's so subjective. Everything we can, we can critique and say, you know, why did they make that choice? Or what, like, as you, you said, you know, you watch something, you, you really, um, you really analyze the, the performance and, um, you know, even actors, I, I often wondered if, if some actors choose not to watch their own work for that reason, that they will critique themselves and go, man, I, I wish I'd gone with, with this choice on that, on that line. Um, and if that's the case, it's silly because you, you usually have an opportunity to do a few takes, whether it's on camera or behind the mic, you, you can, you and the director find what take navigates that scene the best, or so you assume at that time. But of course we can always go back and watch something and go, yeah, if I, if I'd done that differently, I, now that I see the whole picture and understand, you know, I didn't get that this happened, you know, uh, just before my scene, I, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, say somebody had, had died and that would have colored my, my decisions differently. Um, you know, so it's, it's so subjective, you know, every performance you can take an audition. I think that's why it, it's so important, you know, actors, no matter if it's a part they really, really want and think this is going to make their career um, skyrocket and take off and they're going to be an instant celebrity after this or if it's something they just record and throw away and they don't care about um, whatever the case is you know it, it should all be the same that you you don't have control over whether or not you're chosen uh, and it may not be at all for the fact that that you were passed over because of your performance it could just be that your interpretation of that performance um, didn't align with the creatives that were behind it. It wasn't wrong. It just, you, you, your, your read on it and your understanding was, you know, and especially when you're, you, you don't have the, a person to talk to and you're just getting an audition, you have to take it for face value, everything that they're saying or what they've given you. And maybe it's nothing. And then create that character and create an environment, a scene um, with what you have. You, you don't know if you've got all the pieces of the puzzle. And quite honestly, you probably know as well and heard, you know, creators don't always have an idea either. They sometimes say, this is what we think we're looking for, or, you know, this is just, we know it's going to be for, um, we're looking for male, female, non-binary, and yeah, give us what you got, and we'll figure it out when we hear it. So, you know, that's where, again, it comes down to just be confident that you know what you're doing. If you're riding a bike, be confident that you know how to ride the bike and you're not going to fall down. You're acting, be confident. You know this character as well as you can in the short time that you've been given a chance to, to get to know them. You're going to give a performance that is as truthful as you know and and hope that they will see that as such. And, you know, sometimes it may not be the character that you book, but it may lead to another booking later down the road that those creatives, those people behind that project go, wow, you know, Dula gave a really good audition. That character wasn't for, for him, but I really want, I really want to see what he can do with this character, you know, for this other project. So you end up getting a phone call, you know, so you, you never know. 
things are so subjective. I think I think um, best example of this is one of my favorite stories. I don't remember which interview it was, but I, I remember in one podcast where Vanessa Marshall was talking about like how she got the role of Mary Jane on Spectacular Spider-Man. Like she had auditioned wow. for the role. And it was one of those roles where she just auditioned for and she just like completely forgot about it. It's like, okay, I mean, just throw it in the ether and, you know, you know, uh, uh-huh. see, you know, maybe, maybe they'll call me back, maybe not. And then, you know, when she got the role, you know, she walked in and she had, you know, completely forgotten about it. It's like, did I audition for this? Did I, did I not audition for this? And then they played back, you know, her audition tape and it was, the, it was just her saying her name and who, who the character she was auditioning for. And, and she was like, uh, aren't you gonna play the rest? Oh, the rest sucked, but we know that you're gonna be good for the role. That's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the slate alone, you know. And it comes uh, comes up as a question a lot. People say, you know, do I slate anymore? Do how do I slate? And everybody's got their preference. Again, uh, this this uh, the entertainment industry is so subjective. What hap- what we say today, or what you know, one cast, what director says. Uh, today may be different from tomorrow or just may be different in video games. I've heard some directors like you to slate. Uh, and again, for, I'll just say in case it maybe hasn't been described, a slate is your um, introduction to an audition. Usually it's you more or less um, letting them know because uh, back in the day, uh, auditions were sent in on reels. Uh, so there wasn't an MP3 file that said there wasn't an MP3 file. <laughs> to say anything so you had to say hi this is your name reading for and the character uh just so that they knew who it was and what character they were reading for so i've we've heard that a lot that you know sometimes you you book off of the slate versus the character that you read because you slated in your uh your own personal voice just speaking but then you went into this character um whereas maybe you you don't, you know, they don't hear your your voice and it's just a character and you slate in character. Um, you may have just lost an opportunity uh, to, to give that, that director, that casting director, um, two different auditions, so to speak, between your slate being just your you and then the character. Um, I'm not sure exactly if that was, it sounds like that was kind of the case here which is amazing you know like wait you didn't even listen to the audition or you you didn't like the audition you just like my slate <laughs> okay and then you have kind of like uh tom hanks you know as, as a celebrity voice actor proving the fact that this is what it comes down to is not a put on made up character voice it's just your ability to carry this character believably through your talent as just talking like tom hanks because Tom Hanks didn't make Woody sound like a pull string doll. He just became Woody. (laughs) So that's amazing. That's awesome. And because my point is you never know which jobs you're going to get and which jobs you're not. Like you can waste time auditioning for like your dream role. And if you don't get it, then you know what, (laughs) that, that that's not going to get you anywhere. But you know, sometimes like less is more like sometimes because you you don't know what the, what what they want and your job is not only to help them find out what they want but also tell them hey this might not be what you're looking for but hopefully i can impress you enough that you can you know keep me around for something else 
basically. So true. Yeah. So, so true. Because, I mean, I just, I've just heard, you know, from doing this show, I've just heard so many stories of people who just got all these roles by all these, like, iconic roles by accident. It's like, okay, how? But it's like, because, like, oh, they wanted something completely different, but I went in and, and, and did a completely different read because I saw a picture of the character and they thought, you know, I saw, like, this big, muscular guy and, and, and they thought... You know, they they wanted like a deep voice, but I said, okay, what if he was just, you know, a little bit high pitched, you know, a little gravelly, but a little bit more high pitched. They're like, oh, we didn't we didn't think of that, and it's like, there you go. <laughs> Amazing, yeah. And I didn't believe it until I, I would say recently. Um, it, there really is something. It's going to maybe sound corny, and I'm I'm kind of even getting a little. Um, misty eyed, but there is hmm, a way that, that, um, I mean, it, you can take it as a life lesson in general, you know, you're, you're kind of in this canoe and you are guiding it, but at the same time, you don't have full control. You think you are, cause you're in the boat and you got the oar, but at the same time, there's factors you can't control the weather, the current the speed of the current, the temperature of the water, the birds and the bees, et cetera, you know, you can navigate it and you're guiding this canoe down the river. But at the same time, there's all these other factors that um, come into play. You don't have control over, but um, my point is I, I've kind of found my navigation and, and I feel I've got both hands on the, the oar and, and I'm finally beginning to see the, the path, this, that my my canoe is headed down and just enjoying the ride and seeing you know where it's going and that it is true um you've heard it several times through interviews and probably those mentors those idols of mine um that i've heard from as well say that you know it i don't want to say everything happens for a reason but the the roles you get cast in they are they are meant you it's somehow serendipitous the way that your career starts to move and whether you're feeling stuck uh you know because you're not booking um i see constantly i just saw today on twitter from a colleague that that felt you know they they weren't moving you're always moving you know back we were talking about um something similar as far as you know being stuck or, or not uh, an object not in motion that you know it may feel just because you're not booking that you're not moving but every audition that you get is guiding you towards down the, the river that you're meant to go whether you book it or not it was an experience that you got to learn from maybe it got you out of your comfort zone maybe it got you to realize you're weak in accents and dialects and there's a specific one you now should focus on to try and get better at for future roles. It, it's just so amazing. I, I only want to try and enlighten and comfort and console those, those actors out there, those voice actors that, that may be listening or, or maybe thinking that their careers, you know, not going anywhere, that it's stagnant um, just because they're not booking or they're not booking the roles they think they should. You don't have control over that. You have a small, I shouldn't say that you have a small amount of control over that. But what's right for you will come to you. And I, I can only put that in 
as far as when you look at your body of work and I remember a class early on in my career of them saying your 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 credits will it's almost like reading tea leaves you know it'll it will kind of give the descriptors of of you and where your your strong points are and I can look I can look at my career I can look at my cast of characters and go uh-huh I see this I see where this river's going. I, I see these characters. I see my strengths. I see my weaknesses. I see my wheelhouse. And I kind of got an idea of where this river's path may be going. And I'm just going to help guide it along. I'm not going to force things and try and make something happen. But if it's natural, it, it will happen. You know, and if you want to, just as voiceovers, we were saying with, you know, you sit down and you see something. It's one thing to go, huh, that's a really cool documentary. I think voice acting is really neat. And another thing to go, holy shit balls! I have got to be doing this like yesterday. Why am I not doing this? I've got to do something to make this happen. You know, you're, you're going to start laying groundwork and maybe it, you won't go the direction you, you put forth at first. I will be clear and honest in saying I want to be booking and I want to be working in episodics, in animation, in, you know, specific studios. How do I get that to happen? I have ideas, but I'm not going to force it to happen. I know that my course and my career will, will be guided there if it's meant to be. But in the meantime, enjoy it. Enjoy the process. You know, everybody has always said, um, I wanted to get in law enforcement uh, younger in life. And, and I was told, you know, you've got the rest of your life to work. Focus on your education right now. Get through high school, go to college, get that degree. And that's not, I'm saying a, a path for everyone. Um, and then get that job. It'll be there. You're, you're going to get there. Just have patience in knowing it will, it will happen if it is meant to. And if it doesn't, that's okay. There is something else for you that is going to be as amazing, if not more amazing than what you thought your life plan was supposed to be. Because every person I've talked to, and this is true, like they, no one went into this thinking that they were going to book the roles that they were going to book. They were like, hey, you know, it's something I want to do. But then they're like, oh, I can't believe I actually booked something this big or just like, you know, someone like Anna Campbell, like, you know, she, she had just done like this one-off video game. Uh, you know, what was it Titanfall two? And it was just a one-off thing. And, you know, she didn't have like the many voiceover credits and, you know, voiceover wasn't something that was like something she was interested in. But then years later, you know, uh, Apex Legends comes out from the same development team and they liked her so much and they liked her character so much. They're like, you know, we, we want you back. And, and she's like, really? You want me back? Okay. <laughs> and, and you know, now she's Ash in, in Apex Legends. And I think that's like, you know, it's it's beautiful because you don't, we don't set out to, each each path is different. We, we mm -hmm. might, because we might have an, our own end goal. You know, my end goal is like, I want to book this person by, I want to have this person on the podcast by the end of like 2022 or whatever. But and even if that doesn't happen, I just look at okay, well, who did I who did I book for this year? I may yeah. not have booked who I wanted, 
but that doesn't mean like I'm, you know, I, I failed at what I was, I, I did. I, I'm still, you know, booking all these guests and my name's, you know, getting out there, you know, more people are starting to know who I am. And it's like, that's what, you, that was, that's what matters. Like, just don't focus on, you know, d don't focus on the what ifs and, uh, you know, the possibilities focus on the now. Absolutely. The, the now, the you, and I will say, and not, ugh, because it's, it, it is a messy mess to go, oh, let me, let me go on Instagram and see what my fellow buddies are doing and what, oh, oh, great. Brent Bukai just booked another five fucking animes. Great. And I'm sitting here twiddling my thumbs. You know, when you compare yourself to amazing talent that isn't you, you just set yourself up for disaster. And, and I'm, I'm not exempt. I've, I've gone, you know, in the deep, dark depression of seeing, Oh, I'm not booking. And everybody else around me is it's not your time, bro. Chill. They are, they're having success. Marvel at their success. Look at what they're doing. Uh, you know, pat them on the back, not to hope that you, you get some of their, um, celebrity just just by by being around them but being genuine in, in others success and know that your time will come too and it's not about it, it's not about the success you know i know it, it is also just about the booking that the booking feels good because it's it's like you maybe feel the same way when you when you've you've got a you know a big name that says yes and you're like oh dan foster said yes great finally woohoo you know got him do this interview it's gonna be great everyone's gonna love it you know the time will come and and <laughs> i lost my my focus there um with the bad with the bad trump but your your time will come it's not about the success it's just you know you, you do get excited to the fact that you you've booked something and um that doesn't happen a lot so when you when you do get that that reward um you want the next one it, it's almost kind of like like um becomes addicting you know you, you booked and now you're just like ah oh, i need that next high at the mic as as bob bergen puts it i think bob um gets a high at the mic and it, it's true i mean it, it is such a high that you want that next booking to get that that feeling um hopefully not the feeling that you are on a celebrity and and you know the shit but the fact that you've made it in the room that this one character is going to be played by you. You got chosen to play this character. They picked you for this role. Not anybody else. You are in that room. And that is what's special. Um, and now it's your time. And the next one will come. Whether it's bigger or small. I mean, I'm, I'm always genuinely, I hate using that word, genuinely. A lot of um, people like to say, I genuinely, if you, if you, love somebody it, it should be genuine you shouldn't have to use the word genuine to say that but i i genuinely i'm going to use it here and saying i i'm genuinely flattered anytime i i book and get to be a part of a project when just right there <laughs> when i book it um but when i see that it, it is a project that has so much love that the audience loves it i'm not getting any you know i'm not getting uh, stream release. I'm not signing autographs. I'm not anything for this particular project. I'm a part of it. I am just jazzed that I'm a part of this project, even if I'm an NPC, because 
the actor in me knows that there's no small roles. That's a small actor if they're looking at it as, oh, I've, I've only got three lines. You're lucky if you've got a line to begin with, but you're lucky to even be there on the stage to be in the scene to begin with. And everybody makes that scene happen, NPC or lead. Uh, we don't buy the, the, the serious scene in a deli if that background actor over there is eyeball on the, the two characters in the scene. Because we all know when you're at a restaurant, you don't look at the people that are having a main conversation that the camera's on because you don't know them. They're strangers. You're in your own little world. So every actor matters and every role should make every actor stupid ecstatic that they are part of this project, whether they're signing autographs, whether they're going to the conventions, whatever it is that we think makes, you know, the celebrity of, of this industry so cool. That's great. But you're a part of this project. You're part of this game, this show, whether you are, you know, top build, top credits or additional voices, you're part of that project. And that is something to be proud of. And I, I am and for forever will be, I think, just stoked to say I'm a part of that, especially because, you know, it's fun. I like the reaction. People go, oh, you're oh, I didn't know you were in that. Yeah. Oh, you expected just because you expected my name to be on the billboard or, you know, there are so many brilliant, talented actors and voice actors out there that you have discovered, um, you know, and I've, I've seen in your, your list of interviews, you know, that that have yet to come to the to the surface of what we're calling or I'm calling, quote unquote, celebrity, you know, A-list voice actors. Um, there's a ton of them out there. And, and I would only hope that as diversity and authenticity um, becomes more prevalent, that they will get their their time to shine. Um, no, um, it's funny you mention um, you know uh, having people on here because I you know sometimes it's like and, and I've said this before many times like so I apologize for anyone you know long time listeners but I don't care if you've done like a billion voices or like two or three. If you've done something I'm familiar with, we're like, let's just get you on here and let's talk about it. Cause I want to know what your process is. And like a lot of people who I've had on the show have gone on to do so many things. And, and yeah, you could argue like, Oh, well, they're not as big as like a, um, a Roger Craig Smith or, or, a, or a Troy Baker or whatever. But like, I remember when I I had this person on a year ago and they only had like one or two, you know, uh, uh, video game credits and now they're booking like all these shows. So that to me, that is what I want to see more of, you know, because of the determination and the, uh, and of wanting to keep moving forward and to be like, yeah, I've booked something now, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Mm-hmm. You know, keep moving forward. Like, you know, recently, um, one one of my dearest friends, Larissa Gall- uh, Larissa, uh, Larissa Gallagher, um, mm-hmm. booked like her b- booked uh, one a uh, main lead in an anime, and I remember watching that yesterday, and I was just like, I was so emotional because like I I remember you back when, 
you know, back in 2019 when you were just like, you know, when you were you know, just getting in, you know, uh, having like bits, bit roles in like uh, TV shows and video games. And now you're doing like, uh, you're, you just booked your first lead role in an anime and it's so beautiful. And like more people are going to know who Larissa is now. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Because I think you're really talented and, you know, I want to see you succeed. And and that's what makes but but my point is like what made me really happy was that she never gave up. She mm-hmm. always kept pushing herself forward. She could have just been one of those people who've been like, Well, I just booked like a Steven Universe. I was like a villain on like one Steven Universe episode and that's it. And that's as good as my career is gonna get, but no, she kept pushing herself forward and and now she's like a lead in an anime, in a Netflix anime, and I'm like, Good on ya. You know, good yeah. on you for not giving up. That's it. I mean, it's it, it's so easy to give up in in anything. You know, I mean, that's that's why America has a has more gyms, uh, more gyms, but still, you know, a, a I'm not a I'm not a scientist. I don't know what I'm talking about, but I believe we have plenty of gyms, plenty of coffee shops, but we still have plenty of overweight people. I mean. Uh, we probably all own some form of, of weight loss equipment that's gathered dust, admittingly so, and, and can laugh about it because <laughs> it is hard to stay committed to a rigorous uh, workout routine. But when you when your hard work pays off, it is amazing. And it's all the more rewarding in the fact that you stuck it out in, in the entertainment industry. You, you did your... Um, NPCs, you did your, you know, auxiliary characters, whatever you want to call them before you say, assume your, your status of, of, you know, only taking lead roles and such, um, you know, but uh, everybody has their, their course of, you know, maybe they landed, maybe their first role was uh, a lead. And that's great. When I was in, in theater, you know, I was, that, that was me. I was so lucky that I, I was cast as the lead. Um, it might've been, it might've been the, you know, the fact there, there wasn't much talent in the pool. Um, but it might've just been that that was my luck and whatever the case, again, it comes down to, you know, you're, you're doing what you love to do and it doesn't matter what the role is, how many lines they have, how much, you know, celebrity they get. The fact that you're still doing what you, you love to do. And that's, that's what matters. Yeah, agreed. Uh, anyway, I'm looking at the time and I've realized that we've been talking for like an hour and 40 minutes and I'm like, I love it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I kind of need to, to get going. But um, before we wrap this up, can you give us an update on what you're currently working on and uh, where can people find you online? Absolutely. Some current stuff we've got going on uh, that we, we can't talk about. Um, some video games some video games in the work out there um i i can't wait to talk about but they they were a blast for me so i can't imagine uh that they they won't be a blast when they come out uh to play um it's a project i've been working with uh, independent uh, creator carl king who does some great stuff um he's got uh i think we're just making it more of kind of like an audio drama right now um called dragon tooth in um uh, that's about it as far as 
projects. It's not really giving you much. Um, stuff's in the works. Uh, but you can find me on socials as, uh, boy, what am I? I think it's Dan Foster VO everywhere across Twitter, Instagrams, Facebook, uh, some form or fashion of that, that generic name, Dan Foster is, is just about on everything, Discord all over, what have you, a website, Dan Foster, and does Dan Foster VO, that's my website. All Dan Foster VO across the board. Uh, all right. Thanks for taking the time off to do this. This has been a very, very fun conversation. And if you ever want to come back, you know where to find me. Appreciate it. Thank you for your time. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. You too.